bus rides in the back. Arriving at the locker room to unpack. Pre-game walks around the track. You can't forget the sounds of the cleats clack. All the fans packing in the stands. And the coaches starting to shake hands. Ain't nothing better than a countdown for some football in the small town. Man, how awesome is that song? And that is the single called Throwback by our guest today, Clark Hazlitt, which you're going to hear the chorus coming up. It's pretty awesome. He's also this YouTube sensation. He's got like over 100,000 subscribers and has taken people through his journey of being a college athlete um, and has built a brand around him, himself, and who he is. And it's really cool to see that and it's been able to uh, that following and audience has allowed him to kind of venture off into a few different areas, um, but it all started as being a student athlete. So great conversation with Clark. We talk about the student athlete and uh, owning their likeness and the NCAA and, and really Clark's story of, of how it started on, on YouTube and videos and, and kind of where he's going now. It's about 30 minutes or so. There's great information. Clark's wise beyond his years and really, really stoked that he was uh, he was able to sit down and chat for a few minutes with us. And um, guys, I'm pumped about the song, man. It's awesome. Guys just getting out there and doing it, not caring what anybody else thinks, really. So here comes the chorus. It's pretty badass. Check it out and then follow along with the episode. Follow all of our social channels, of course, QBI, at QBIQ System. Big things coming up this December, a lot of different bundles and, and deals and camp coming up in, in the beginning of January, and then we get into our camp series. So, guys, here's episode with Clark Hazlitt, but first. If only I could go back to the days as a quarterback, always on the comeback, dropping back like Brady on the counterattack. And specifically for us at QBIQ, where we're in a good good situation is that, yes, there is training for sure, but we're not competing with any of these other trainers or these private quarterback coaches because of the QBIQ system. It works with everyone. It works with yeah. any offense, any coach, any player. I think we're kind of talking about um, what the what the reception was from teammates and coaches, and and you kind of bringing a camera into behind the scenes and a day in the life and daily uh, game day vlogs, and um, what some of the reactions from coaches and players have been. Yeah, so kind of give a little bit more background. I'm a marketing and sports studies double major with a minor in digital art. So when it comes to school, I really enjoy what I'm studying and everything that I'm doing in terms of like this documentation of the journey, as well as like the production aspect of it is all pertains to my major. So that's kind of where talking with my coach, I'm kind of able to get away with some things that I know traditionally other players might not be able to get the chance to do. Um, as well as it goes hand-to-hand, I'm the backup quarterback. So serving as the backup quarterback, it's interesting because in practice I have a lot more responsibility than traditionally sometimes the starter because we're, you know, we're usually trying to rest them. And 
I'm still getting the opportunity to kind of like document what goes on on game day and what goes on kind of just like an everyday life as an athlete. And over time, it's kind of become one of those things where pregame for me now, it's like my ritual. So I'm not worried about, you know, any game day nerves because I'm also simultaneously kind of focusing on shooting a video. Mm-hmm. But over time, after my coaches kind of first saw the couple of videos that kind of came out, they're okay with it. I was shining light on our program and, you know, not, not diluting our brand. Um, and then once I started to gain traction, I, you know, I had to sit down and talk with my coach and, you know, he asked me to, to kind of start to, to leave Linfield out of, of kind of the videos that I've been working on recently. So that, that kind of changed this past year. But um, in terms of my teammates, early on, a lot of my 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 good teammates were all for it. They they loved getting a chance to be in front of the camera, and that's the the coolest part was you know getting a chance to document the behind the scenes stuff that not a lot of people get a chance to see, and getting a chance to look back on those memories now. You know that's 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 one of the, my most favorite things about getting a chance to document this whole journey. And then you know this this past year, I've got a lot of my buddies who graduated, so the vibes a little different, but my teammates kind of see the vision of kind of where I'm going with things. And you know, early on there was kind of like, what the heck is Clark doing? But now, uh, now kind of, you know, people are buying in and understanding, you know, what kind of my goal is and, and the bigger picture. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the bigger picture? What's, what's the vision? Yeah. So essentially when I look at it, because I'm a backup quarterback, um, the importance of building a personal brand at all levels for student athletes. We have that level of influence from our freshman year of college to our senior year, unless you go pro and you're in that 1%. So I started to look at it as I wanted to leverage you know, that influence that I have and being able to be that role model for you know younger athletes that are learning about this whole process of what it's like to you know, go through recruiting, be a part of a program and what it's like. And that all pertains simply because when I was going through the recruiting process myself, Technology wasn't as developed as it is now. You know, Huddle was just put out. And, you know, I didn't really understand everything that really kind of goes into the whole recruiting process and what it's like playing at the Division three level or at the Division one level, two, three, JUCO, NAI. So because of that, I've been able to collaborate, you know, with Division one athletes, two, three, NAI, and I'll be soon having a a junior college quarterback collaborate with me in a video and compare what the differences between D3 and D1. And like I said, all those different, um, different divisions. And my whole goal there is like I said, to shine light and to kind of help educate the up and coming athletes on, on what the differences are. And really it's, it's interesting to see that the main differences are the speed on the field and, you know, the, the money in the stadiums and the locker rooms and the equipment. Um, but when it comes down to right. you know the the game day routines, we all pretty much have the same thing, where we're in the hotel and we get some downtime to, you know, hang out with our brothers, and then when it's game time, it's game time. Yeah, no doubt. So I, I like how you talk about um, you basically have those three years or four years or five years um, with your likeness as as a college athlete, and obviously that brings the hot button issue of you know, NCAA and, and all the rules and regulations that they have with, with student athletes and pay and, and using your likeness. I know there's been some rules changes or at least some bills introduced um, 
around the country. Where's uh, and, and I know you did a video on that. What's what's your stance on that? Where do you think uh, that fits into what you're doing and for future athletes? Yeah, I think it's very interesting how when you look at a college program, you have the overall brand of the team, but it's not really talked about how athletes are brands too. And I kind of, I'm kind of the example of that. I'm a, a backup quarterback from a, for a division three school and I've still been able to grow following and share my own story. And as things are starting to progress with the NCAA and you know, California is making the move to, to try to allow them to be able to make money off their name, image, and likeness, I think it's finally about time that this is going to happen. And YouTube is definitely a great platform for athletes to one, not only get a chance to learn about all the business operation aspects, because it's not, it's not about just posting videos anymore. There's a full on operation, um, as well as building their own personal brand. So giving athletes the opportunity to make money off their name, image, and likeness, one is going to help them be able to grow more as business women and men, as well as going to help them increase their public speaking abilities and overall have a, uh, an outlet to be able to, you know, share their story because every athlete has a story to tell. And for those that I think are interested in being able to make money off their name, image, and likeness, I could see them utilizing YouTube as it also is a controlled platform. But that also comes back to right. the question, should you pay athletes just in general, which I disagree well, that's, on because. Yeah, it, yeah. It, well, it, that it, was the, the next thing I was going to ask you is, is paying athletes and allowing them to allowing them the opportunity to make money on their likeness totally separate things or are they one and the same? And you kind of just answered that, which I agree with. They are totally different. And I agree that every athlete should be able to do what you're doing and create their own platform and their own brand and, and profit off that. If, if that's the case where you're a great example saying a backup quarterback at a D three college probably wouldn't get any type of, uh, stardom or endorsement, if you will, otherwise. Correct. Correct. And it's almost like it, it levels the playing field where any athlete, you know, has the opportunity to make money off their name, image, and likeness. And I'm exactly the, the example of that. And also, if it does come down to where, you know, they decide to pay athletes, it's just going to be such a, a, a great area because of women's sports and men's sports and which, which, uh, which sports are revenue generating that it's just going to cause, you know, an even more uh, discrepancy for the NCAA to have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, man. It, it, it essentially will turn into the wild West kind of like what right. recruiting and the transfer portal transfer portal was, has become. Um, so the, I, I totally agree that they're totally different in profiting off your likeness and paying athletes straight up are, two totally different topics. Um, and it's, it's cool to hear your perspective being in it, you know, being alive and in it right now and, and actually doing it. Um, Absolutely. See, that, that's really interesting. So you got to tell me when you started this YouTube thing, was a hundred thousand subscribers ever in your mind? Not at all from the start. Um, when it comes back to like when I started YouTube or excuse me, when I started making videos, 
kind of goes back to eighth grade when I started making my highlights to send out to coaches. And then I slowly progressed from freshman to senior year of high school, just enjoying making videos and telling stories. And then once I jumped on the YouTube train and kind of started to then document kind of my own journey, I didn't, I didn't really fully grasp and understand how YouTube worked and how, you know, how subscribers worked and um, how that you can eventually at some point make money off of the videos that you post with advertising. And then once I started to gain traction and I realized early on that for me specifically with my, with my situation where I'm not playing, but I'm still getting a chance to share my story. My channel started to grow, you know, the 100,000 subscriber mark is definitely an accomplishment that I was, you know, sh- shooting for once I hit like 50,000 subscribers. But when it all comes down to it, what's crazy, it's just a number. And on YouTube, if you truly want to be successful, it's all about watch time and engagement with your audience. And the number is all that really gives your audience proof that you're credible as a creator. So early on, my goal was to try to hit 50,000 subscribers only because when you know, football players or anyone that comes to my YouTube channel, they look at my channel, they would see I'm credible. And I think that's the toughest thing for anyone that's starting a channel right now. I mean, and I know I see a lot of athletes, like literally 30 athletes just popped up on YouTube and they're all trying to do the same student athlete day in the life thing. So the market's kind of starting to become saturated. And the biggest problem is that all these athletes don't have any credibility with that subscriber number. So as that number for me started to grow, I definitely, you know, I got excited getting a chance to hit the 100,000 mark. And, you know, once I hit the 100,000 mark, it was interesting how I had to kind of start to change my mindset a little bit and kind of start looking at the bigger picture and really start setting goals moving forward and realizing also it's just a number. And that what's most important is the quality of content that I'm putting out on a consistent basis. But definitely it was yeah. an accomplishment that I was happy to hit. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And and I'm sure I could probably scroll through your Instagram and and just based on the content that you're put, putting out that you're you're a follower of Gary V. Um I'm just making that 100%, assumption. 100%. 100%. I listened and, to Gary V before he got big. Yeah. And that's and it's really so crazy the leg up. Right. Right. And, and it's so crazy like because there's not an answer. Your goal was to get to 50K and you're at 105 now. And there's not a blueprint. There's not an answer. And that's really what he says and kind of what you've been doing is it's just quality, 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 repeat, 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 and hope that it works. I mean, yeah, that's and I think, what I think it patience like. has a lot to do with it as well. And just understanding that this is a long game. Now that I've, I've built the brand, it's it's interesting how my audience connects with me, not even so much as a football player, but just more for me um, as, a, as a person. And once I hit that 100,000 subscriber mark, I, you know, I got a chance to see a lot of the comments and I asked my subscribers like, hey, what was your favorite memory about my channel or, you know, what's something that I've inspired you with? And a lot of it was about football, but there's also some aspects that were mentioned just about being able to have someone to look up to. And I think the biggest thing we need in this world right now is more role models. And I mentioned this a little bit, like I mentioned this early on, I struggled having role models that I could look up to because of lack of social media when I was going through high school. Like I know Jake Locker was a quarterback about 30 minutes from where I live. So I, I looked up to him, but I never had like the access that these kids do now these days. So right. 
I definitely think it could be also a plus for the NCAA if they're able to find a way that athletes can make money off their name, image, and likeness. These athletes are going to be able to help inspire the next level, the next generation of athletes. And, you know, that's, that's what I see lacking right now. And that kind of goes back to my whole mission and goal is to, is to help kind of pioneer and encourage other athletes and teach them the, the, the ways of YouTube. Because like I said, it's not just posting videos now. It's a full on business operation. And, uh, I'm not sure if you've had a chance to see my videos on my channel yet where I'm collaborating with as many student athletes as possible trying to leverage my oh, time yeah. that I have left and trying to pass on the knowledge on how to create content and, you know, bring other athletes up. Cause it's cool how we have this small student athlete YouTuber community of about 20, 20 athletes that are really in it. Now it's like grown to about 50, but it's, like I said, it's becoming that diluted day in the life, day in the life, day in the life. And everyone wakes up at 7 AM and eats breakfast. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, you talked about it becoming saturated and, and every day in the life story is fairly similar with a little different texture to it. So where do you get fresh ideas? Where do you get creative in keeping yours, your channel authentic to you, but also uh, kind of ahead of the game? Yeah, I think it kind of goes back to my background of what I was studying in school um, as a digital art minor. Basically, I learned the whole process of what it takes to develop develop a design brief and kind of the creative flow of you know, what it takes to, to come up with different ideas. Any advice for any athletes that are going to be enrolling in college in the next year or two, it would be to take some classes such as photography, videography, or digital art just to get a chance to experience what it's like to kind of learn the creative flow and understand the whole process. I didn't used to be someone that was creative. I could kind of come up with different ideas, but because of those classes that I took in college, um, you know, just challenged me to look at the world differently. And now because of that, I'm able to translate that and you know, develop different content, kind of having a, a more of a content based athlete versus, you know, there's so many athletes that can really leverage D1 athlete, this D1 athlete, that I can say I came up on not using any of that you know, extra leverage in my the amazing stadiums and locker rooms, um, all kind of predicated on the creativity that I kind of put into my videos. And for anyone that wants to see that creativity, they just got to check out my channel and basically do what I do in their own version. And then, you know, yeah, have and, and your channel is, your YouTube channel is uh, Adventure Athlete, right? Mm-hmm. Adventure Athlete on YouTube. Thing, and That's definitely one thing that I've ahead. been, you know, really diving into is how can I continue to bring content that's different and that can't be replicated? Does that makes sense. And yeah. that all goes back to Gary V. Um, kind of just educating me on you shouldn't be worried about your competition. You should be trying to find different ways to, you know, make yourself not be able to be copied. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt, man. That's, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation about all the knowledge bombs that Gary V drops. Um, right. There's a ton of great stuff that he's got. So you talk about how you, I think you said you, you, you got to a hundred thousand subscribers and then you, you jumped back into your audience and you asked them what was their favorite memory or favorite video or, or favorite collaboration. Do you have a favorite piece that you've done? Yes. And it also just happens to be the most popular video on my channel. 
and uh, it was the video is called "What's a College Football Player Away Gamer Teen?" And essentially, my team was playing Carroll College, and we we live in Oregon, so it's about a, a 18 hour bus ride to Montana from Oregon. Mm. And throughout that journey, I actually vlogged way more than I traditionally do, but throughout that process. Um, you know, Linfield College is known for a very blue collar program and we like to do a lot of things different too as well. So we're going to Montana and there's this gorgeous like little lagoon creek on the side of the freeway. And I really hope my coach doesn't get mad. I'm sharing this, but <laughs> I, I think, it, no, he's fine. He's fine. We pulled over the buses uh, on the side of the freeway, kind of in the literally in the middle of nowhere. And like I said, there's this beautiful lagoon that had this little waterfall and little little creek lake area and the whole team got a chance to jump into the lake excuse me the whole team got a chance to jump into this small creek we'll call it and throughout that whole trip I got the chance to really just document all the the behind the scenes and the bonding moments and the the things that aren't highlighted in college football and that really resonated with my audience um, getting a chance to just not only authentically connect with me but also with my teammates and we unfortunately took a tough loss that game, but on the way back, our bus broke down and it turned out to be this trip that took about 26 hours to get back from Montana to Oregon. But throughout that process of all the trials and tribulations, you know, I was able to highlight how my teammates were coming together. And, you know, it's the, it's the moments when adversity hits, how you act. We were able, I was able to illustrate that off the field and, you know, we literally had a bus catch on fire and it was on film. And, you know, we had teammate, we had half the team have to stay at one area while the other half was, you know, getting, getting a chance to go get some food. And we ended up being a, in a parking lot for about four hours all together, just kind of huddled up waiting for this bus to come from Spokane. So all in all, that whole video in and of itself really got a chance to illustrate all the ups and downs that college football really teaches us as athletes and what ultimately prepares us for life. So that definitely has to be yeah, my most favorite video and my audience's most favorite video as well. That's awesome. And, and it sounds like that because it's real and you got to capture the real stuff, the good and the bad that happened, and people love real. People can relate to real. And uh, it's something that they wouldn't have seen otherwise. Absolutely. And I, I think that kind of goes back to how I've been able to successfully build my brand is people can relate to a backup quarterback and to the hustle and to the extra work and grind that kind of goes in place. And, you know, I've, I've not really yeah. ever had that much, you know, back in high school, I got, you know, the media attention, but everyone in high school did. Um, so I've been kind of under the radar for a while. And now, you know, the, the, the audience, my audience has been with me for the past two years. They've been able to kind of grow up with me and see me grow. Um, that's something that they've you know really enjoyed getting a chance to see. And people relate to the underdog, and I definitely have that kind of underdog vibe. Um, and never for should sure. have had a channel or had success on a channel being a being a backup quarterback. So you mentioned uh, you know like being a creative earlier, and this is something that I can relate to. But I want to ask you. Prior to you, like creating videos and starting YouTube, would you have considered yourself a creative? Absolutely. I actually had two YouTube channels before this one with okay. a couple of buddies. 
and both was trial and error. The next one was trial and error. And it wasn't until I went off and kind of started my own channel myself that I started to reach success. And I didn't start out posting football videos. I kind of started posting more um, adventure videos, which is kind of where the name adventure athlete comes from um, in college. One of my favorite things to do is to go out into the outdoors and kind of be that adventure and athlete. That's where the name kind of originated. And once I kind of realized that there was this, this niche and this opportunity to kind of create content that hadn't been created before for athletes out there interested in college football and now also just what it's like being a student athlete, that's kind of when I switched my content focus to more, you know, football and sports related. But before that, I was, you know, I, I take pictures. I, I don't consider myself too much of a photographer, but I have a, you know, I have a camera and I know how to shoot thanks to the classes that I took at Linfield College. And then I really fell in love with video because of the capabilities of being able to tell a story more than just a thousand words in a photo. You you can really get a chance to connect with people, um, hence the YouTube channel, which, uh, which has really been able to allow me to connect with people that I've never even met all all across the world. Like you kind of realized that you were creative prior to all this, uh, followers and kind of success through YouTube and all that where and that's like i like go ahead that's one thing that i really want to challenge other up-and-coming athletes is to have other passions outside of just their sport itself because i know i know there's plenty of players not only on my team but on other teams all across the nation that guys really just invest solely in football and when the playing time comes to an end you know they're kind of left with shoot what's next and by getting a yeah. chance to develop my passion for photography, videography, all these other, you know, opportunities presented itself. And it really just ultimately challenged me to look at things differently in this world. So, man, all, that's, all in that all, is 100%. Athletes can, yeah, if they can get a chance to experience and develop other passions throughout, throughout college while also getting a chance to play their sport, you know, they're going to be bound for success. Bus rides in the back Arriving at the locker room to unpack Pre-game walks around the track You can't forget the sounds of the cleats clack All the fans packing in the stands And the coaches starting to shake hands Ain't nothing better than the countdown For some football in a small town If only I could go back To the days as a quarterback Always on the comeback Dropping back like Brady on the counterattack. Gotta make a play, gotta make a play. Take a chance downfield to win the day. First down the touchdowns on Friday nights. Come on, that's how we roll. While I just sit back and wish I was that quarterback. Sometimes life makes you backtrack But every setback has a comeback Third and ten, here comes the pressure Five-step drive from under center Roll back left, nobody open Gotta cut back before he gets sacked If only I could throw back To the days as a quarterback Always on the comeback 
Days as a quarterback. 